Man, good to see you guys. Thanks for coming to church on this national holiday, man. Super Bowl, man. It is. Uh, how many got a big feast plan for this afternoon? Yeah, I'm coming over to your house, my friend. <laughs> Bring some chicken wings. But uh, anyway, thanks for being here. Thanks for coming and being a part of this. My name is Troy. I'm one of the pastors here. Grateful to have you join us. It's fascinating. Last night was packed out. It's crazy. We haven't had a Saturday night uh, service that packed. And I was like, what is this? Is this revival? And they're like, no, the Super Bowl is tomorrow. We're taking church off. And so that's true. One of the great things about uh, our church is that we have different service times. In fact, um, we have a service on Monday nights in case you're out of town for the weekend or you got something going on, you can swing back by and catch that. And that's been catching on with our community. But good to see you. Uh, Super Bowl, big, big day. I, I, who, who do you think is going to win? Let's hear it. Yeah. Or, uh, is that who you want or who you think? Yeah, one, I kind of rooting for the Chiefs too, uh, kind of crazy. Some of you are like, I'm so over the Super Bowl and football. Uh, yeah, ever since the Cowboys got dropped out, I don't blame you, man, but uh, no, no. Uh, hey, oh, uh, but our, our, our world is football crazy, and I, I get it, but uh, it kind of reminds me of a story about a fella that decided to go to the Super Bowl and uh, bought a ticket at the last minute. And so he went in, and uh, his seats were way up in the nosebleeds, and so he kind of watched the first part of the quarter from way up high, and he saw way down on the 50-yard line down there, real low, that there was an empty seat, that no one had sat there. And so he decided to pull a Jeff Sublet and sneak down there and do that thing, and so he rolls down there, and he gets to the seat, and there's a fella next to it there, and he's like, hey, is anyone sitting here? And the guy's like, no, there's not. And so he sits down, and he starts enjoying the game, and kind of turns to him and said, you know, it's kind of weird. Who would... Who would let a Super Bowl seat go empty? You know, who wouldn't go to the Super Bowl? What's that all about? And the guy goes, well, it's actually, that's actually um, my ticket, my seat. My, my wife and I, we Super Bowl 30 years in a row, and we always go, but, uh, but she passed away. And the guy's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. That's terrible. I apologize, man. My condolences. And so he watches the game, and all of a sudden a thought hits him. He goes, hey, why wouldn't you just invite you know, another family member to come with you. And he goes, oh, they couldn't come. They all went to the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't get offended. So uh, uh, I want to jump into this uh, message today. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Luke chapter 17. We're going to start out there. This is part two of our series called Dropping the F-Bomb. And uh, the F stands for forgiveness. Um, We are challenging ourselves and recognizing the power that forgiveness has in our lives and in the lives of those around us. And so we're challenging each one of us to begin to drop forgiveness wherever we can into our lives. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to just jump into this real quick. Today is going to be, I'm going to warn you, today is going to be difficult. Um, It's going to be hard. Um, If you were here last week, um, you might remember uh, that we talked a little bit about how to get over small offenses, how to get over those little things and forgive, you know, the little small offenses that come into our lives and kind of pull us down a little bit. Um, And how many were here last week? Got that, yeah. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm over it. I'm over it. It doesn't matter what you said on the way to church. I am over it. Uh, yeah, I'm getting over it. That's what we're talk- we talked about a little bit, how to jump over those things. But, uh, and by the way, next week, I, I, probably, I hope don't miss this, uh, we're going to talk about how to forgive um, ourselves, which is often the hardest uh, thing to do. Uh, maybe you're here. I know a lot of people are carrying uh, the shame uh, or the guilt of uh, something that you've done in the past that you're not proud of and, and uh, you know, maybe you've heard that God's forgiven you but you can't quite forgive yourself. We're going to talk about how to do that. Um, the last week of this series, we're going to look at um, how to forgive God. My sense is that 
you know, someone here is disappointed. God hasn't done something. He's let you down in some way, you know, or he maybe allowed something to happen to you that you didn't want. And, uh, and you're, 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 you're trying to wrestle with that. You don't talk to him. You don't, you know, it's really hard for you to even be in church as we talk about that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how to reconcile that, how to square that away with God. But today, um, it's going to be heavy a little bit because it's not easy what we're going to talk about. Um, it's not easy. Um, but how many of you know that sometimes good things are on the other side, can show up often on the other side of difficult things? How many know that's true? Yeah. And so we're going to press through this. I want to begin by reading a passage of scripture that's uh, in the Bible here, and I want to just maybe invite you this morning, I don't often do this, but I want to invite you to stand as we read God's word together in honor of that. Um, this is from Luke chapter 17, verse 1, and we're going to let Jesus' wisdom set the tone for this today. And uh, just to give you some context, uh, one day Jesus reminded his, his disciples that there would be people in their lives, people that were close to them, that would hurt them, would betray them, um, would do, stab them in the back. Pull the rug out from under him. And, uh, and his advice to them on this issue is challenging. I, wa- I wanted to share it. It says this in verse 1. Jesus said, it is inevitable that offenses will come your way. It's inevitable. They're going to happen. We need to recognize that people are going to do some stuff to us, unfortunately. And he says, hey, listen, woe to him through who those come. God sees it, and there will be consequences for it on that. But he says, I want you to watch yourselves. I want you to pay attention to what's going on in your own heart here. Um, pay attention to how you respond to that. He says, for example, if your brother or sister, you know, your brother or sister sins against you, um, if they repent, um, forgive them. Even if, now, and here's where he goes to the next level, even if they sin against you seven times in one day, Even if they repeatedly punch you and hit you and kick you and stab you in the back seven times in one day, and then they come back to you and say, I repent, you must forgive them. You got to forgive them. In other words, Jesus is saying there are people in our lives that are going to take advantage of us, that are going to use us and abuse us. And he's like, the answer to that is you got to forgive them. You got to forgive them. That's hard. And look at what the disciples said. They're like, whoa, whoa, Jesus Man, increase our faith. That's interesting. Those guys saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus heal the blind and raise the dead. And I don't remember them asking in those circumstances, hey, man, would you increase our faith so we could see that happen? No, no, no. When it comes to forgiving people, when it comes to forgiving people who have done you wrong, they're like, this is hard stuff. We need more faith. And so the title of today's message is how to find the faith to forgive. We need faith to forgive for those horrible things that have done for done to us. We need to find faith for that. I want to pray. Father, um, increase our faith here this morning. Um, I know that there are some people that are here, I'm sure, who have been wounded by the choices of other people, who have been let down um, because of their bad choices, their sin, maybe even the abuse of other people. God, I just pray that your word and your Holy Spirit would give us the courage and give us the power to do what we cannot do in ourselves, to do what we cannot humanly do on our own. Lord, help us to find the faith to forgive those people. Help increase our faith to be able to forgive those who have hurt us and let us down. It's in your name we pray. Amen. may be seated. Thank you. While you're being seated, and before we get too far between that prayer, I want to challenge you right now. I want you... 
if you can, I want you to picture in your mind right now the person that you thought of when I talked about big offenses. When I talked about someone hurting you, I want you to picture them in your mind right now. Um, who, who betrayed you? Who was it? Uh, who, who lied to you? Who mistreated you? Who did you wrong? Who took advantage of you or abandoned you? or even abused you. I know you don't want to think about that. In fact, I know last week we talked about letting go of those small little stupid things that people do sometimes, and that's easy to do with small things, but boy, when someone that you've trusted, someone that you've given your heart to, someone that you've looked up to really hurt you or took advantage of you, letting go of that isn't easy at all. It's hard. So who was it? Maybe it was a roommate that stole something from you. Maybe it was a bully in school who, you know, messed with you, bullied you. Maybe it's your father or dad who kind of wasn't there or kind of abandoned you and your family. Or uh, maybe it's a mom, alcoholic. Just her choices crushed your heart time and time again. Maybe it's a spouse uh, someone you were married to that has betrayed your trust. Possible that it, there's an authority figure in your life, someone that you know should have protected you, but instead they hurt you in a way that you can't even you can't even mention. Who hurt you? Who is it that betrayed you or abused you? Do you see them in your mind right now? Do you have that person there? Here's the question that we're wrestling with. <laughs> Do we really have to forgive someone like that? That this has repeatedly harmed us. How, I mean, after what they did, how in the world <laughs> are, <laughs> can we possibly ever forgive them? In fact, I'm sure some of you have tried. You know, you've tried forgiving, you know, and, 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 and it's hard. What do you do when you've tried over and over and over to forgive them, but the pain won't go away, the hurt won't go away, the bitterness won't go away. What do you do? It's kind of like uh, this last week I was vacuuming my, my carpet at home. Uh, I cleaned my house. Uh, my wife, one of her acts of, one of her love languages acts of service, and so there's nothing more sexy for me to do than to vacuum that house. And you ought to see the way I do it too, boy. Uh, swing that thing around. <laughs> so I'm vacuuming my carpet. I just got off subject, man. I didn't think about that. But, but anytime I want to turn my wife on, I get that vacuum shaper out. Sure, her ears like, oh, her? Some of you are offended that I just said all that. Sorry. Um, anyway, I'm vacuuming on the carpet there. And you ever, there's a little piece of lint stuck in the carpet. And I went over it and it didn't come up. And so I did it again. You ever had that happen, you know? You just go over it. You know, I'm using perfect technique, you know, perfect straight lines, and it doesn't come up. And so I, I go at it at a different angle, you know, right? Try to do that, and that doesn't work, right? And then I get mad, you know, you get, I got a little angry. I'm like, and I, in the name of Jesus, release, you know. Doesn't work. So finally, what do you do? You get down, and you pick that sucker up, right? You pull that thing up, and you look at it, kind of look at it, and then what do you do? You drop it back down and you try it again. 
Yeah. <sighs> In the same way, what do you do when, um, when you've gone over it and over it and over it and um, it, it, you just still can't forgive them? You can't get rid of it. You know, what do you do? What do you do? Nothing seems to work. You, you may read the Bible and you know that the Bible tells you you got to forgive, you know. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you have heard it said that you should love your neighbor and you should hate your enemy. That's pretty typical for our world. But I tell you, you should love your enemies and you should pray for those who have hurt you and have mistreated you. So praying for them, you've tried that. Ephesians 4.32, Paul said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you, Right? Then you get to that one in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. This one always kicks me, man, always hurts, always stops me in my tracks. Jesus said, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father won't forgive yours. Wow. I don't like that one. It's hard. The Bible is clear. We got to forgive. We must forgive. And we talk a lot about it in church, but the problem is, the question is, is how? I know I'm supposed to, but how do you forgive someone? How do you, how do you what's that look like? What, what is forgiveness? What, uh, essentially, what is it? And so as I thought about that this week, I thought, well, maybe we could try to look at what, rather than what forgiveness is, maybe we ought to look at what forgiveness is not, because I think some of us have some misunderstandings of what forgiveness might be. In fact, in your program, there's some notes. Pull this out. What forgiveness is not? Here's two thoughts. Number one, write this down. Forgiveness is not forgetting. I want to make that clear. Um, forgiveness is not forgetting. You know, doesn't, when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you just kind of, you know, sweep what they did under the rug and act like it never happened. Um, you know, wipe it away from your memory and then just go on, you know. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're supposed to act like a doormat and allow them to continue to do the things that they've done to you. That's not forgiveness. Forgiving someone isn't acting like what the person did to you wasn't wrong. It's not that either, you know. Forgiveness isn't, you know, oh, okay, i got to send them a Christmas card every year, you know. Forgiveness isn't, you know, you know, getting on Facebook and putting heart emojis whenever they post something on Facebook. You know, you're like, eh. That's not forgiveness. Um, you, you can, here's my point. You can forgive someone and you can still maintain a healthy emotional boundary from them. You can forgive someone with allow, not, without handing your heart back over to them again for them to crush. It's okay to say, I forgive you. But <laughs> um, because of the choices that you've made, we're going to have some space between us for a little bit. You're, not, you're going to need to rebuild some trust before I give you my heart again, before I open that up and totally let you come on in and let's get back to where we were before, right? In fact, oh, by the way, if you've broken trust, you don't get to choose when I have to trust you again. If it bothers you that I'm still asking about why or where you've been or what you're up to, too bad. When you put together a nice, consistent track record of doing whatever, then maybe I can trust you again. Now, I'm going to forgive you, but I ain't totally going to uh, forget what you've done. You know what I'm saying? So let's just be honest, clear, 
Forgiveness isn't the same thing as forgetting. Number two, um, forgiveness also isn't fair. You knew that. <laughs> There's nothing fair about forgiveness. They, I'm going to let them off after what they've done to me. <laughs> That's not fair, you know. They punched me in the face. I should be able to hit them back. I should be able to chop them in the throat. That's fair, right? They hurt my family. I should be able to hurt them. It's only fair. But forgiveness isn't fair. In fact, you notice that Jesus said, I want you to pray for your enemies. And so you know what? As I say, okay, God, I'll pray for my enemies. But to be fair, I'm going to pray that they get a nice case of hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh, no, that's not what you're asking? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, forgiveness isn't fair. It's just not. And it's interesting, you and I, when we hurt somebody, when we do something wrong to someone, we, we want forgiveness. We want fairness. No, let me put it this way. When, we hurt, when someone hurts us, we want fairness. We want them to get what they gave, right? But when we hurt someone, what we want is forgiveness. We want mercy, right? We want to be forgiven quickly and move on. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this this week, you know, and fairness. Something, there's a misnomer. A lot of people think that God is fair, that he needs to be fair, but God is not fair. He is just, but he's not fair. How do you know that? Well, I know this, and I am super grateful that I don't always get what I deserve from God. If God was fair, I would get what I deserve. My sins and my failures deserve um, to be punished for what I've done and my rebellion against him. But God doesn't always give that to me. In fact, Psalms 103, look at this. Psalms 103 verse 10 says, God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. He doesn't, he doesn't treat us fairly. Instead, he treats us with love. It says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him as far as the east is from the west. He takes away our transgressions from us. That's not fair. It's not fair that I get forgiven and Jesus got nailed to a cross. How's that fair? He did nothing. So God isn't fair. And forgiveness isn't fair. So what is forgiveness then? Well, I want to just simplify it real quick here. The best and most simple answer I can give you is this. Write this down. Forgiveness is giving others what God has given you. That's practical. Forgiveness is giving others what God has given you. It's offering other people the same grace that God has given to you. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, committed Christian, um, it's likely that you have asked for forgiveness in your life. How many here have been forgiven of some stuff in your life? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. God's grace that I didn't deserve. It's not because I'm good. He's given me that. He's forgiven me. And I didn't deserve it, but he gave it to me. In fact, I don't know about you. I, I have got a whole bunch of stuff that I've needed to be forgiven of. I've got a long list. I mean, I, I'm a good sinner. I, I, I've made an art out of it for a season in my life. Excellent. I've, uh, I've, uh, I've stolen stuff. I've lied, definitely done that. I've uh, cheated people, uh, manipulated. I've, uh, uh, I've gossiped. I've, uh, I've lusted. And then and that's just with you all. <laughs> with God, I've kind of rejected him, kind of flipped him the finger, you know, told him I want to do what I want to do. I've denied him, cursed him, 
I've ignored him, acted like he wasn't there. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, like I said, I've hurt a lot of people. I've mistreated people. I've even hated, hated a few people. But here's the thing. God has forgiven me for every single one of those things. Every single one. All of my transgressions. He has given me grace that I didn't deserve. And so the question is, is how can I not do the same for someone else? After all that's been done for me in that arena. So forgiveness, very simply, is giving to others the same thing that our good God has given to us. That's the heart of the gospel. Forgiveness is the heart of the gospel. It's, that's the core of it. Uh, it is what we, we have the capacity to be forgiven. We can be forgiven. We can have our slates white clean. Start over with God. First John 1 John 1.9, famous scripture says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all of our unrighteousness. There's nothing you and I have ever done that he can't or won't forgive us for. That's the gospel. Because of Christ's death on the cross, Christ paid for our failures, our sins. And so we get to go free. We can be forgiven. But here's the thing. The gospel isn't just about receiving that grace, receiving forgiveness, okay? The gospel is also about giving forgiveness, the gospel is about receiving forgiveness and giving forgiveness. In other words, forgiveness doesn't just flow to us. It is supposed to flow through us. God's undeserved grace and mercy and goodness and forgiveness is supposed to flow through us. Not just to us. So the question is, is how is your flow? Is it flowing through you or are you a little constipated? <laughs> is there a little blockage there? Is there somebody that you're not able to let that flow to? We need to break that up, you know? In fact, I know that's something that we got to pay attention to. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Remember what Jesus said? The disciples came to him one day and they're like, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, okay, this is how you should pray. This is a good daily prayer. Matthew chapter 6. Some of you might know it. If you want to say it with me, go ahead. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. I'm praying this prayer daily. And then here it comes. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. You see that flow? In other words, God, to the degree that I'm willing to forgive someone else, would you please forgive me? Right? God forgive me as I forgive them. God forgive me just as I've forgiven my boss who treats me poorly. God forgive me just as I've forgiven my ex-wife who's currently using our kids as pawns in our divorce. God forgive me just as I have forgiven my ex-husband who's not paying child support right now. I'm forgiving them, so I'm asking you to forgive me. Listen, man, how's your flow? If forgiveness, is forgiveness just flowing to you or is it flowing through you? 
I'll suggest to you that if it's not flowing through you, it's a good possibility it's not even flowing to you. Isn't that what he said? If you do not forgive others, your heavenly father will not forgive you. It's gotten stopped, so you gotta let it flow. Everybody say, let it flow. You gotta let it flow. That's hard. But we can do that. I think we can work on that. Now, before I kind of talk about how we can really begin to process that, one of the questions that gets asked sometimes is, why does God want us to forgive? Why is forgiveness, why is us forgiving others so important? Why does God ask us to forgive? I think there's a lot of reasons, and I could go into that, but I just want to give you one, and that is, is that because God loves it. God loves you, and he wants the best for you, and so he asks you to forgive others. See, God doesn't ask you and I to forgive others because they need it. He asks us to forgive others because we need it. Man, that, that forgive, unforgiveness is like a jail cell. It's a miserable place to be where bitterness and unforgiveness is just stirring inside of us. You're just never free. It's a chain that holds you back. It prevents God's blessings from pulling into your life, right? We need to be free of that. And so I want you to understand, forgiving that person who betrayed you, who cheated on you, who lied to you, who lied about you, who stole from you, forgiving them may not heal or set them free, but it will always set you free. That's the point. God knows that forgiveness is a bad deal. It's it's a prison. And, And not only that, the damage, he knows the damage that unforgiveness Unforgiveness. He knows unforgiveness. That holding it, that holding that over somebody, thinking about them, that brings damage to our spirits. It'll steal all your joy. Some of you haven't felt like God is within a million miles of you. My sense is, is look at that unforgiveness that's in your life. You'll, you just, it breaks that. It kills your spirit. Takes the joy away from you. Takes peace. You can't sleep at night. You know, not only that, it does something to your bodies. We talked about this last week. You can see the effects of unforgiveness on a person's face when they get into their 90s, right? You can just see that slowly etching into their faith, that unforgiveness, just physically. And more than that, studies have proven that unforgiveness actually is linked to cancer. I'm not saying all cancer comes from them, but I think, it's, I think there's a proof that there's unforgiveness that will cause that. You can, that bitterness, that gall. In fact, I've had a bout with cancer in my life in an area that I shouldn't have had cancer until 20, 30 years from now. And it was interesting as I look back at that season in my life, thank God I don't have that. Um, I realize it's interesting. The same time cancer showed up in my life was about the same season that I had some real unforgiveness going in my life because of some people that I was angry with and frustrated with and hurt by I don't know. But boy, right now I'm trying to keep my heart clean of that junk. Amen? Amen. And so we got to forgive. We got to. And I know some of you are like, man, if you knew what they did, I hear you. Some of you might be thinking, man, Troy, you're making this too easy. Listen, I know there is nothing easy about forgiving people who have done horrible things to you. Forgiveness is hard. But holding a grudge is easy, right? Uh, Allowing bitterness to take root in your heart, that's easy. Uh, That doesn't take much effort. It's easy to kind of just go around and rehearse 
what they did to you over and over in your mind. It's easy to kind of nurse that pain, you know, that you've experienced. It's easy to kind of wish for the worst thing to happen to somebody else, to imagine that a little bit. That's easy to do. It's easy to walk around in hatred and anger against somebody and what they've done to you. It's easy. But it takes faith to forgive. It takes faith. It takes courage. It takes faith. And what does faith do? Well, here's what faith does for me. It empowers me. Faith gives me the ability to do what I can't do on my own. uh, Faith, here's one of the things that faith does. It helps me to see the world differently. My faith helps me have a better perspective about this world. And where some people only see bitterness and offense, I see the potential for freedom. I can see a way through that because of my faith, right? Because of faith, um, faith allows me to see God. Faith allows me to see all that God has done in my life. See, if you're here today and you just can't be grateful, you couldn't sing, your faith level is low. But when you have faith, when you're believing and when you're seeing, it'll, you'll see things differently. And faith allows me to see all that God has done for me, all that he has forgiven me for. And it helps me go, well, maybe I ought to forgive someone else for what they've done. I don't feel like it. Now, faith and feelings are not the same thing. And they shouldn't be intermixed. I do not let my feelings dictate my faith anymore. Okay, my feelings are wackadoodle. Some days I feel like a nut, some days I don't. But my faith will pull me through. My trust in God and what he has said and what he will do. That's, that's got to pull this train. So I don't always feel like it. My flesh is angry still. My flesh is still hurt. But by faith, I can choose to forgive. Just as I can choose to hold a grudge, I can still choose to let it go. So, that's, that's it. We got to do it. And so I thought, how can we practically roll this out? Um, today, you might notice that we're going to celebrate um, communion together. We're going to take the Lord's Supper. Now, we, we do this on occasion, and we don't do it out of religion or repetition. When we take communion, we really try to stop and think about what we're doing. And we're trying, when, when we celebrate communion, we try to remind ourselves of the high price that God paid for our forgiveness, for our freedom to set us free, right? What is that price you're saying? What did God do? Well, that's what communion is. Um, you might remember Jesus said, my body will be broken. My blood will be spilled. I want to read you two scriptures and let you meditate on this, and then we'll just close with communion. But in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, it says that as Jesus and his disciples were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, remember this? And he, and he blessed it, and then he broke it into pieces. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, I want you to take this, and I want you to eat this, because this is my body. My body is going to be broken. I've done nothing wrong to anybody on this planet, but tomorrow they are going to beat me within inches of my life. And I'm going to do that for you. My body is going to be broken for you. And then he took a cup and he said, this cup, uh, he blessed it and thanked God for it. And he said to him, I want you each to drink from this cup, this wine, because this cup represents, this this wine represents my blood. It represents my blood that's going to be spilled tomorrow. They're going to whip me, 29 lashes. I'm going to be filleted. And my blood 
is going to be the confirmation of a new deal with God. The old deal was be perfect. Follow the Ten Commandments and you can have a relationship with God. The new deal is you can't do that. You can't do enough to be good enough. You're going to fail, so I'm going to take your punishment. My blood will be shed for you. In other words, you all were destined to die a horrible death, but I'm going to do it for you. And he says that is going to be confirmation of this new covenant between God and his people. And he says my blood is going to be poured out as a sacrifice, what? To forgive the sins of many. That includes you and I here this morning. And so when we take communion here in a moment, I want you to remind yourself that you are forgiven. You're forgiven, that your past is gone. It's over. God does not hold that against you. But it's not because of your goodness, and it's not because of your good deeds. It's because of his goodness, and it's because of his good deed. He took that death on the cross for us. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we are forgiven. In fact, the second verse is Luke chapter 23, verse 33. It says this, that when they brought Jesus to the place called the skull, they nailed Jesus to the cross. And there were two criminals who had done something wrong. They had actually done something wrong. They were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. And in verse 34, it says, Jesus looked down at the crowd and he said, Father, forgive them. As they hung him on a cross, as they hung, as creation hung their creator on a cross, he said, forgive them because they are not in their right mind. Which when you think about it, a lot of what we do to hurt other people, we're not thinking very well, are we? But I had two thoughts about that. I think Jesus said that to, number one, show us how to forgive. That even while they were nailing his feet and his hands on, into wood that he created, <laughs> that his creation was doing this, he chose to forgive them. But the second thing is, is interesting. It was my sin, it was my failures, it was my rebellion against God that caused Jesus to have to go through that. He did it for us. He didn't just do it to show us, he did it for us. My friends, you cannot change your past. You can't go back and change what that person did to you but you can change your future. You can find freedom from that bitterness and that unforgiveness and that miserable junk because what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is giving to others what God has given to you. And here's the thing. You can't give what you haven't received. If you're stuck right now and you can't find it in yourself to forgive, it may mean that you haven't truly received his forgiveness you haven't allowed yourself to be forgiven. But if you will stop and go, you know what? Man, all that long list of junk that I've done, God has forgiven me for that. All of a sudden, you'll find that there'll be faith. You'll, you'll go, you know what? If he's done that, to whom much has been, ex been given, much is, ex is expected. I can give that. I can forgive them for what they've done after what God has done for me. And so today, I want to invite you to go to one of our stations and, and to take the bread and the cup and to take it back to your seat. And I want you to think about it. And the first thing I want you to do this morning is I want you to think about your junk that you've done, all the things that God has forgiven you of. I don't want you to dwell on that, but I want you to remind yourself that you have been forgiven. You know, remind yourself of what he has done for you. And then all of a sudden, watch. It'll be a lot easier for you to have that faith be able to forgive that person for what they've done to you.
You'll be able to find it within yourself. If you'll receive that, then you can let it flow to them. I'm going to pray. Father, you love us. And uh, you want us to be free of this thing, this anchor that we've been dragging around. You want to heal us of that. Increase our faith to forgive this morning. As the apostle said, God, increase our faith. That is hard. There are people in our lives that have hurt us and hurt us intentionally or unintentionally, and it is brutal. But you said you must forgive. And so, God, help us to receive your forgiveness this morning to the degree that we need to be able to forgive those in our life to set us free from that. We thank you for that. I pray you'll do that this morning. In Jesus' name. You can come and take the cup and the bread and take it back to your seat and take communion on your own. You're invited. God, as we come to your table uh, this morning, um, we thank you. We thank you that uh, you laid down your life. You laid down your body for us. You didn't have to, but you came to our rescue. And allowed your body to be broken and your blood to be shed for us we receive that you went to great lengths God help us to not jump over that help us to recognize the the depths and the height of your love for us and that you have forgiven us because of that we thank you for that this morning and we receive that forgiveness now God I pray you would help us to let that flow Help, help us to begin to let that kind of move through us into every area of our life and the way we live, the way we love, the way we look at other people rather than looking at other people like they're below us. <laughs> We're all equal. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. And so even that person that has hurt us and that we have, God, we let it flow to them. We think of all the things that we've done that you've forgiven for us for each one of those. God, we forgive him or her or them. We must. We lay it down. We're just giving them what you have given us. We let it pass through. I pray that their hold on our lives, the hurt, the pain, will move beyond that, that we know that we are forgiven and we are now forgiving them in Jesus name Father we're mindful also that your word promised that one day you're going to fix this world that everything that's ever happened you said a sparrow will not fall to the ground outside of your notice that a hair from our head will not fall unless you know and so you've seen the things that have done been done and you've watched that and you You will make every crooked road straight one day. And so we hand that over to you as well. Justice, fairness, whatever, you will will square it away. So we release that. And this morning we just choose to forgive as we are forgiven. In Jesus' name I pray.